Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Welcome in to 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Rash here with Adam Luckett. The Tuesday after Kentucky dropped a deuce on Missouri, or no, they laid an egg and Missouri dropped a deuce on Kentucky in what was one of the more embarrassing losses of the season of the Mark Stoops era. It was an offensive abomination, Adam Luckett. And I don't know the stages of grief. Uh, like I, I kind of remember that office quote, but like yesterday I was very depressed. So I think it's like sad and then angry. I think I'm an angry today. I'm a little bit more fired up. You know, yesterday I was, I was just down in the dumps, but I, I'm, I'm ready to roll tonight on 11 personnel. Let's rewind back to halftime. Kentucky finds a way to get a stop. They go to the half 10-3. What were you thinking then? I, it was kind of similar to Tennessee in that I thought they were going to lose the game. But part of my mind was like, this Missouri team stinks. And like, you're only down a score. All, what, what worried me was that they did, they weren't getting the ball first because they made the idiotic decision right. to receive a kickoff. What kind of Mark Stoops team receives kickoffs anyway? Like that is the mo- that's the anti Stoops mentality. We're going to receive a kickoff. So I was more mad, still kind of mad that they opted to receive the kickoff. But I was like, you know, they can still win this. They're probably going to lose. But like this could end up just being another dumb, really dumb win that we're all going to look back and laugh at because Missouri's not a good football team. See, I thought they were going to win because you leave that out there in a half you dominate. It looked like, like for a Kentucky standpoint, you couldn't play any worse. You get in the halftime, you figure something out, get a stop right quick, then you're back in business. And then Missouri goes on a 21-22 play drive, which I thought the Missouri performance offensively, I thought it there was a lot of fluky kind of stuff with it. Also, fluky offensively when when they're not running the like, because it felt like nothing was going right at all. Larry Roundtree had thirty seven carries, oh, put up oh. like three point four yards per putt carry. I thought you were meaning the other way around. No. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're get they're getting these conversions by just a yard or right at the sticks. They're rolling the dice on fourth down. A lot went there. I like. I just think a lot. A lot went their way. You got to get. Elvin Joseph misses a sack. Like well, two, two, they, they they dial up pressures that are there, and on, you just, UK just misses them on both of their t- on two of their scoring drives. Kelvin Joseph has a corner blitz. He misses um, Tyler Beatty on a run, and then he misses a sack. And Basilak steps up and throws it um, for a twenty-four yard gain. Mm-hmm. Like th- those two plays specifically, but like in the Beatty run too, it went right underneath. Like it was just the perfectly, right. like it was right. the perfect play. They were call. two great, you know, yeah, they were both the great calls, and they, he was right there to make the play. You just got to make the play. Mm-hmm. But you, you, Larry Roundtree, if you looked at some of his metrics, like I tweeted it out earlier in the week, if you want to find it, you can find it there. But that that was his worst performance of the season. 
He just had a lot of reps. So like I've been, I've seen a lot of takes where Kentucky wasn't stopping the run this week. That that's not true. They were stopping the run. I thought the defensive line did well against the right. run. Mark McCall played his best game. Phil Hoskins was good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like at the end of the day, Kentucky plays a certain way on defense, mm-hmm. where you're going to give them, you're giving five yards to the team. I think what was frustrating was that they were still doing that on third and medium when it's like, guys, right? We, you know, you you can't give them that much uh, right. cushion. Like, you well, know, maybe this is the time to make them try to. Well, one throw. of the one of the fourth downs was Joseph just got beat on a slant. Yeah, just he got well, beat pretty and, bad on a slant. And you know what? That play. See, that, that's what was frustrating about the game. I think in general is that. The way Stoops talked about it pre-game was that, yeah, and, and you, I kind of got this feeling on Thursday that he wasn't just mad at us because he hates talking to the media on Thursday. But you kind of got this sense, especially when he came out and was like kind of bashing his team after a big win on Monday, that he was really trying to do a lot to get them fired up for the game. And yeah, so he, Missouri, they were they were building up to that game too off the bye. The bye week helped them, I think a lot to kind of build up towards that game. And they've got the, the losing streak motivation mm-hmm. thing, you know, right. like that's, that's a, it's a huge game for them. So Stoops is, he even said he went to the extreme in pregame. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means starting it earlier. I don't know if that's going I think that's out him and, just giving a speech before the game, like a pump up speech. That's how I took it. Yeah. He's not a big rah-rah guy. So I, it, I'm sure that was some of it, but I think in all of the kind of, emoting and efforting to try to get everybody to just like elevate their game there was some kind of just silly thing like dude call a timeout right there because that play that you're talking about where joseph got beaten on a slant it's fourth and six that's mm-hmm. a you need to get a stop here it's a lot of yards to go and before the snap you've got deandre square and your linebackers running all over the field they're just not they're not lined up people don't know what they're doing in missouri was kind of going tempo in those situations Dude, it's okay to burn a timeout, man. You can burn one and just make sure everything's all right. Yeah. And hell, Drinkwitz might think twice and just kick a field goal there. But that was one of those situations that, I mean, it didn't obviously didn't cost Kentucky the game, but it was the little things that really added up in this loss to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just defensively, I, like Kentucky, they play a certain way. So when you play that way, you're going to be a lot of third and four, third and fives. You have to get off the field. They couldn't get off the field. Like you just have to be better in those certain situations. But I thought they didn't give up big plays. You know, um, they took all the checkdowns. Like Hazelak hit the checkdowns, and against Even the young the quarterback, <laughs> against the young quarterback, that is the that's what you should do. Um, and he, I mean, he hit he hit all the checkdowns. But even with all that said, Kentucky's defense did enough where they could have potentially won the game. Um, the 20, one the one score drive is pretty good. You know, well. They wouldn't have given up a touchdown if they didn't just have a 21-play drive. They get off the field, and then they have to go back out there three snaps later. And then they – because then Mizzou, every play on that drive was just, you know, was easy. Uh, they went right. down in chunk, 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 touchdown. So, so like, that's why I just say, like, there was just, like, oh, okay, I'm not – I'm not – I'm not – I'm trying not to – like, this week it's all about to me, like, ignore the noise. A little bit because oh, there's a lot so, of noise this week. Okay, so you're you were ignoring the noise, Tennessee, and now you're ignoring the noise that it's that bad against Missouri. Right. It's never as good as it is, it's never as bad as it is. There we go. Love so that. I'm looking at it on defense, but there's no hiding from how bad it was on offense. <laughs> and we've seen some clunkers with Eddie Grant. 
in some games, specifically SEC games. And A&M just, was bad. It's uh, okay to be bad, but you cannot be this bad. Like your your floor has to be higher. You cannot. You cannot. You just can't fall off the face of a cliff like this. And was it worse than the Mississippi State game? Yeah, this, this year. Was worse. Yeah. yeah, this was worse. This was worse. <laughs> the only, it's one was was up there with A and M, just because you know you 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 had a chance to win the game multiple times, and mm-hmm. you could. This one was, but this one was even worse. Just you, they just weren't even on the field. No, like Larry Roundtree had more carries than Kentucky had offensive snaps. Like that. Right. That's it's. It's incredible. I've never seen a time of possession clock so altered that one team has the ball for three quarters. Even, hell, that game last year when uh, Kentucky had the possession, uh, it was almost the entire first quarter, right, with Lynn Bowden against Tennessee? It was like an old – Yes. Yeah. I don't think it was, it was as a 10-minute drive. But it was a 10-minute drive. Uh, and even then, the time of possession wasn't nearly as swayed. And I think that's what really had me sad – like it was that Kentucky lost at their own game to a team yeah. that wasn't equipped to do it. Like Missouri, they they should not be they they don't yes, yeah, so Larry Browntree's a good running back, but they don't have the guys to do that. Kentucky's got the guys to just wear you down. And Missouri did that. It was it was incredibly frustrating. But like it, I'm 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 willing to get on with you in this it's not as bad as it seems train now that I've been kind of sad about it for a few days. If we can figure out like just the offense, like I, I don't, I don't even know where you go from here, other than the fact that going into this game, we talked about this a week ago. You kind of saw how this offense could be successful in the second half against Tennessee, and they just seemingly did nothing, none of that against Missouri. So I don't know. I don't know. I even tried to ask Grant, like, what went wrong from one week to the other? And he talks about getting behind the chains and completions, and it's like, maybe it's the completion part where there's passing instead of just run the damn ball. I think think there might have been a gentleman's agreement inside the program where it was like, this year we're going to prove that we can throw the ball. And we're going to – like the coaching staff is going to have the rope where they're going to let them throw the ball. And then I think we've seen two games, really, Mississippi State and Missouri, where they tra- came out and tried to throw it. And it was disaster, really, both games. Absolute disaster. Hmm. And so – and it was also kind of disaster the first half at Tennessee. Yeah. Like people forget – I mean, you forget about that, but they really didn't do anything. They had like 54 yards at halftime. And then they, they got a lead, and they then they were just able to, you know, go out and run the ball in the second half. So, I think just overall, I, I just don't – I think they didn't have a great plan coming into the season. Well, um, and to your point, Luckett, like we, we've talked about this at length, and I, I spent actually most of Monday and Tuesday working on something, trying to figure out the, the passing problem because – you know, you've it's got not even like they're passing it a lot. They're still last in the SEC in passing attempts per game or passing attempt percentage. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I'd still, I, it just, it still goes away. I think from from their strength. Well, um, and it, it really, it starts with. I mean, it does start with quarterback. I mean, receivers are, are not helping at all, and the receivers are 
bad, bad, like bottom of the power five bad. But I don't know. They they had a strength on this team, which was offensive line run blocking and then a stable of backs. And they're just not leaning on that enough, in my opinion. Well, and, uh, you know, we were sold going into the season. Terry Wilson was going to take this team to the new heights. And which was looking back was did they should they not have done that? That's one thing I've been wondering this week. Was that a mistake? Maybe so, but I I think part of it is like it you you see Nick Saban talking about after the game how this is an offensive game now and we've got to change up our styles and Stoops talks about the way he's recruited, the way they've been recruiting receivers. Like he it's almost like the 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 P word for coach Cal, how platoon even though it was successful in that one season, just like Bowden Ball was, and it was a lot of fun, it really hurt him on the recruiting trail for a couple of years. And I, I think Stoops wanted to shake that stigma so you don't have people like Jordan Watkins talking about receivers being happy to, to go block for UK. I think Stoops really wants to make that adjustment, and he was hoping that he could do it with a guy who, not technically a three-year starter, but somebody who's has the physical tools and who should be at better at this point. So I can't really blame him for that. Um, what I can cast some blame at is, like, is Darren Henshaw a good quarterback coach? Like, I don't have the answer to that question, and I'm very biased, but I just watched my cousin win a game at Purdue with a guy who was a walk-on a year ago. Like, they – there's something missing with the court now. Is it is it all play calling? Is it the receivers? The receivers play part of it like it. But you know who recruited those receivers? Yeah, it was it was, it was Grain and Henshaw. So mm-hmm. to get to this point, it's been a, a, a lot of different problems, um, and now they're kind of all coming to a head at once. Because I mean, right now you've got Josh Ali is your your one receiver. He has 26 catches. The rest of the five receivers have 19, and two of those were in garbage time by guys who don't play. Mike Drennan's now going to be playing more, but like they aren't doing anything. I don't, and unfortunately, because Missouri's camera men were just, I mean, that was the worst broadcast in the history of the SEC network. We right. couldn't see half the damn field. So I don't know how much was them not getting open, but like it, I knew it was going to be bad when you try to set the tone by passing. When you don't establish the run game before going to the pass to try to open it up, you get throws like the one he had to Josh Ali. It was an over route. It was a check down. And, like, it just ate the dirt, and it never had a shot. And he was open. It was the right read. But he was already in his own head, you know, a handful of plays into the game. And from that point forward, it was just a disaster. Well, the first play, this is a throw that – They've gone to a lot, but I've never really seen Terry complete it. Like, throw it right there. It's the slot fade, Keaton Upshaw. It's a 30-yard throw where you just got to put it over the guy's shoulder. It's a tough play to defend, um, and it's a throw like all modern quarterbacks make now. Every Everybody in their playbook has this slot fade, and this time they ran it to Keaton Upshaw. He was wide open. Um, he beat the guy off the line. The safety wasn't even close, and he underthrows it, and Upshaw tries to come back to the ball. Um, the receiver that, of course, excuse me, the corner that was beat, the nickel defender comes back, it's a PVU, second and 10. It's just, there's some throws, like, you just have to make those throws. If you can't make mm-hmm. them, you have to do something. You almost have to do something different. I feel for him because he doesn't have any help. And I don't know um, if UK's passing concepts are all that, you know, 
innovative. Like we've seen this staff be very creative and very innovative in getting the run game going Mm -hmm. in tons of different ways. We haven't seen that same creativity or innovativeness, if that's a word, Mm -hmm. innovation, innovation uh, with the pass game. I mean, yeah. there's never like they they there's just never got ever since 2016. There's never guys streaking open deep. Um, it's just ne- it never seems easy. Everything is they use the word strain a lot, but every time I hear Eddie Grant say strain, it, it makes me UK's passing game because everything with it is just like it's like pulling out teeth. So I well, think yeah, long long term, I think you know something has to change at the end of this year. I'm not sure what it is. Right, right. Well, and something might change today um, <laughs> because, I mean, minutes before we were planning to hop on here, uh, we heard from Eddie Grand, and as much as there was an open comp- quarterback competition when the depth chart was released, uh, it, it sounds like Terry Wilson's not going to be playing Saturday against Georgia. Stoops said there was a minor injury on Monday. He wasn't going to practice. And Grand said today uh, that he was – not available and we'll reassess tomorrow. But I think more glaringly when you dug a little bit deeper, when he was asked about Joey Gatewood, he gave a rave review, but more importantly, it was what, what do you want to see from the quarterbacks that will give you confidence into who needs to play on Saturday? When I asked him that, I asked about the run pass option. That was the only thing Stoops gave us on Monday. That was the only little meat on the chicken wing. He was like, those reads, when we run a run pass option, they got to be there. They're not going to be perfect on the, the read option that's a run with the, the quarterback running back mesh. They're not going to be perfect there. The run pass option, we got to get there. And when I asked Grant about it, he was just like, if we can't run this play by the end of practice on Wednesday, we're throwing it out. I don't care. I'll run seven plays. Well, if you're saying that about the game plan on Wednesday, if Terry Wilson ain't out there, well, then he ain't going to play. So all signs are pointing to Joey Gatewood getting his first career start Saturday. It will not be an easy first start um, against the Georgia Bulldogs, but first and foremost, Adam Luckett, what will you, wh- what are your expectations for Joey Gatewood? And, and do you think this is a, a, a wise move? He's going up against the bear. I mean, this, like, if you can't, you can't – whatever happens on Saturday offensively, if they have success, it's like it's going to be a whoa to me because this Georgia defense is just stupid. They stop the run better than anybody in the country. They're getting – they either have – on all the dropbacks they face so far, they either have gotten a sack or a quarterback hurry on an over 41%. So nearly every time you drop back to pass, your quarterback's going to get hit or touched. So they have an elite pass rush. They can stop the run. Um, they're going to man up on you on the outside. So really it comes down to, well, you know, it's, it's a pick your poison type defense. So when you hear Stoops say, you know, pretty much say we're going to get committed to running the ball. And you've heard, you've heard both Stoops and Grant say this week, that's a fair question why Chris Rodriguez isn't getting more touches. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of them – sticking their head into the the beast's mouth and they're just going to try they're going to try to run it and then we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh I did find it interesting that Graham brought up that O-line today multiple times. Yep, yep. About the challenge, about how they're ready for the challenge, how they're excited for the challenge. 
And this is a win-one for Saruman kind of thing too, because folks, I don't, I don't have insider knowledge. And if I did, I wouldn't share it, but all signs are pointing to, he doesn't have a lot of time left with us. He, that was a hell of a uh, rally they had for him in Knoxville. Stoops hasn't said if he's going to be there this Saturday or not, but you better believe that if there was one more time to go down swinging for him, it's to, to go get a big win uh, against Georgia. And if to, to, to your point, like it, the, they haven't communicated well on some of their pass protections on some of those twists, they've just been off, but if they can set the tone, like, there's no reason why they can't hang in this game because of the kind of athlete that Gatewood is and the fact that he is a powerful north-south guy. And I think that's what Kentucky's been missing from this offense the most is just the ability to get those annoying yards where you don't – we marveled at those aggravating yards that Benny Snell took, but we, I don't think we appreciated their value until Kentucky started going three and out this year because – you don't have Rodriguez in there consistently turning two-yard runs into five-yard runs and making it third and two and third and three instead of third and eight, which that's really been the story for this team this year is they aren't getting the tough yards. And thoughts and prayers yeah, to John Schlarman and his family. Just You just wish them the best, yeah, um, yeah, no definitely. matter what happens. But to your point about the key run, low-key, it's been pretty bad this year. Like they've had the, he's had the, some moments, Terry has, but there's been plenty of, there was a cute counter on in the game. Um, I believe oh, it was sure. their second or yeah. third drive. Um, it was there, it was open, um, but he just kind of hesit, hesitated, hesitated, and then tackle for loss when it, yeah. it was there. And those are plays you got to hit. And then we saw Mississippi State, there was a couple times he got blown up at Tennessee, he got blown up, um, whether it was a wrong read or somebody missed a block or, whatnot but that that was supposed to be a huge element of the offense this year and it hasn't been a, a good portion of it so you would hope with gatewood in there that you you can get a little more when it comes to when it comes to that and i think getting that and getting production out of that consistently could be a nice um change of pace for the offense it could open up some other things but back to gatewood expectations this week i, I before you get that i just wanted to say Maybe some of Terry's hesitation, too, is the injury thing. Maybe there's another injury, too, that we don't know about. That would, like, that would make sense. But you're right. He, he, some of the reads he was making, he was what hitting holes like they were there. And I forgot which game it was, too, where we saw a night and day difference in the Q run game because he started, it was from week one to week two. He started following his blocks against Ole Miss. That was Ole Miss. North South. And that, that game, I mean, there's the best offensive performance to date. I mean, obviously, Ole Miss defense isn't great, but. The Q run game was more involved. It worked, and I, I think you saw a big difference. So maybe if Gatewood uh, – I, I mean, I know it's his first career start, but he's got a lot of experience doing this type of stuff. If he gets it rolling, may, maybe we do see this offense uh, keep the – at least, if nothing else, give the, the defense some more breaks uh, this week against Georgia. Right. Gatewood expectations, man, I, I, it's, it's hard. You just – you want him to – Go out there, compete, and just keep us in, keep you in it. You know, um, turnovers are going to be big this week. Kentucky and Georgia both have won when they won the turnover battle, and they've lost when they lost the turnover battle. So, ball ball protection and 
punting are going to be big this week. Like two first downs and a punt by Max Duffy is a damn win for Kentucky on any possession on Saturday. You do that, play some field position. Another thing where I thought where Missouri game, they were really at a disadvantage was just the average starting field position. Um, you look at that, Missouri was at their own 34, Kentucky 15. So they're losing 15 yards in however how many possessions it was, like 10. So that adds up. You're lo- In the hidden yards battle, you're losing almost, you know, getting close to losing 200 yards um, in 10 to 11 drives. So how, how satisfied did Grant McKinnis have to be to put three of his four punts inside the 20? Well, then another thing with that was, Nick, is we know McKinnis cannot really boom it. Right. So there was a chance to win field position there if you can get a stop at Missouri when they're at their own 20, or they're inside their own 30. They were just punting from their 40 or their 50 all game. So you were just – you know, the defense didn't help the offense in that regard. Obviously, the offense got to, you know, be able to switch it up themselves. But, you know, it's little things like that in that game that add up. But but I could go for a Josh Ali return too. I just wanted to say that on your behalf. I know it it, – just just catching the ball would be nice. Right. So (laughs) – so for this game, it's – this game is all – about, you know, limited mistakes, shortening the game. Um, don't be afraid to punt. And then when those – like I bring up the scoring opportunity stat all the time, but it's it's huge this week because it's going to be damn hard for you to give up – get an explosive play against this Georgia defense. But your defense is the best in the country at not giving up explosive plays. In Georgia, low-key, their offense is kind of not good. Yeah, well, yeah, but you got Winston Bennett the fourth. Like you look at their SEC numbers on offense, they're not great. Um, they have that bell cow back this year is Amir White. He's barely averaging four yards per carry. Um, there's a little metric called stuff rate. And that's essentially the percent of your runs that were either stopped for no gain or stopped for a loss. Okay. Mm-hmm. AJ Rose is that's where he's notorious for being bad at. Right. He's like at 13% or something. Zamir White, Georgia's running back, is at 15%. Like he gets a lot of carries, stuffed at the line, tackles for losses. So Kentucky, if you can get in here, you can stop the run, which I think you're going to have a pretty good shot at. And then you make, you know, Stetson go out and beat you. Um, mm-hmm. And Stetson's had a lot of ball, a lot of balls that have gotten tipped, been a lot of PBUs. Um, he's thrown a couple interceptions. He's not taking sacks, but he's not afraid to throw it over the middle. So if you can get a batted ball, bounce your way, you can get t- turnovers, I think, are going to be there for Kentucky if they can take advantage. Um, defensively, I think they're going to be able to hold up pretty well against Georgia's offense. Um, but it, it's all going to come down to can Kentucky manufacture scores when they get a chance. Um, and Georgia's offense, again, they're really bad in that points for scoring opportunity. And Kentucky's defense is one of the best in the country at it. So Georgia's probably going to get more scoring opportunities. It's can Kentucky when they get there can they can they make them count kind of thing. Well, I, I do before I, I get all the way into my worries about Georgia because obviously there are a lot, especially with that defense. That's, I mean, even Alabama couldn't completely destroy all of their stats. I mean, except for their past defensive ones, uh, they're good. Georgia's defense knows what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do like about uh, if if you're going to roll with Gatewood, which it's it's not confirmed, it looks like we're trending in that direction. But if you're going with a guy like Joey Gatewood, 
this dude isn't going to be scared of the moment. You know, I mean, it's not like this wouldn't be his, his first big game he's played in, uh, even though he didn't play a lot. Uh, when he was at Auburn, he still was in there for certain situations. So, like, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. You, you had Grand use the – he said he had a Stevie Johnson kind of look in his eye about him, which that's an awfully uh, kind of big mantle to put on somebody right away. But That was him, unique to bring that out now, to timing on that. It would be it would be great timing. And I think it's also good timing that you're putting a guy like Michael Drennan – potentially in the game to make big plays because here what I've seen from Gatewood in limited throws is that's the thing that stunk the most about all this like it is we had a potential quarterback competition and we couldn't even go watch him throw in practice but every time I've seen him spin it like he throws a he throws lasers so like you just got to be ready to catch the football and can Mike Drennan be that guy I think so and I think Alan Daly even though he's not going to like just bust open a he's not a guy with like great releases who's going to get wide open and main coverage but like if the ball if if it's there i have confidence that at least he's going to catch it so i don't know i mean maybe maybe i'm talking myself after kind of bashing the wide receivers this whole time uh maybe i'm talking myself into the fact that they can they can have something good for go for them maybe just catching a pass from somebody different just gives them a little bit more mojo um we didn't see the spark that we wanted to in that Missouri game market where I think that was the right time to, to do the quarterback change to try to get the spark and you just didn't have it. Maybe with a week to prepare, they have a little bit more juice, but the the one thing that does kind of stink about this, like we can, we can't, you can, can't play the games and chip thing where will it be Gatewater? Will it be Wilson where you're making Georgia guess to have two different game plans? That's not applicable in this yeah. situation because they have run the same offense no matter who's back there between yeah. him or Wilson. And I also hate it for Gatewood to make your first start um, because it's highly likely you're going to look bad against this defense. And then you, you have to hear for two weeks, he stinks f- from a good portion of the talkers around. When really it's right. – you can't even – you cannot – like I like a lot of this on offense is kind of just um, throw it out the window. Um, but when you look back at last year – and Kentucky. I just wanted to add real quick, like it too, mm-hmm. the one player that has looked good against his defense, he has how many NFL players catching passes for him? You know, right. make, <laughs> that that helps the quarterback look a little bit better when you have Jalen Waddle out there, which thoughts and prayers to that guy too. I know you were fun to see that. Yeah, that sucks. That, that sucks real bad. But last year, here's why I like, I got a little uh, watching Grand today, like a little bit of, Like, um, I'm trying to find the right word for it. Like, like fire? Because he was fired up, that's for sure. Yeah, or just, like, excited or, opportun- like, optimistic. I don't I don't think optimistic. He's, like, legitimate. Like, I thought, like, couldn't wait to get there on Saturday. I think part of that is comes from they – uh Kentucky averaged 4.57 yards per carry last year against Georgia. That was the highest amount Georgia has allowed in the last 19 games. That's – Good. That makes me fired up. So I think they think they can, you know, they're not going to go out there and march up and down the field on them, but I think they think they can have some success. Um, and that's why I think you saw it, like Grand pump up that OL because he thinks they can they can do some things against this front, and I think they think they can, you know, scheme some stuff up to have some success against them. And I'm in the middle of a rewatch of this game last year, the one we were at, 
And Kentucky had some chances. They just didn't score when opportunities presented themselves. Um, they had a hold from Stenberg. Um, that was kind of a questionable call on a third down where they would have had a red zone possession to start the third quarter. And then Rodriguez, Rodriguez drops a touchdown pass later in the game. So, man, that was a fun. Is it's terrible as the weather was? That was a fun trip. That's when I learned how much you hated Steve Spurrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good time. But anyway, I just think you know, I think they think they can hang around, and I think their defense can for sure keep them in this game because I'm not like I, Georgia's offense was better. I had I had thought more highly of Georgia's offense before I started digging into the data this week. Is there any chance that we get a JT Daniels sighting if I think for um, sure that's Winston Salem the third isn't is off his game? <laughs> I mean, for sure that's a chance, but we don't know like if he's truly healthy or not. Yeah, but off I, the bye, yeah, for sure. I also don't know how Georgia's gonna be off this bye week because every year their buys the cocktail party leads into right, that. Right, and then they and now you got like this little sandwich game. So you know, I don't know how they're gonna be. Are they gonna be pissed? after losing Alabama or is their eyes just like, all right, we just got to handle business here. Let's get out of here with a win and let's go beat Florida, which is their biggest game of the year every season. At least like Kirby and his presser was very uh, adamant. Like, you know, this is a physical Kentucky football team. We got to be ready to play. They, they, they play us tough every time and we got to go out there and, and get after them. But I do like that. Uh, how he's just finding new ways to answer. Like, we're always evaluating quarterbacks because, like, I, the Georgia media trying to find different yeah. ways to ask him. I'm sure Mike Griffith's on there just trying to pry um, whatever he can out of Kirby, but Kirby just will be unrelenting. Ne- nevertheless, I do just wonder, like, like, how many points does Kentucky's offense have to score to pull off a crazy upset? Even with a lot of turnovers, they got to get what three? They got to get 17, 21 points at least. Well, here's the thing if this game shrunk and Kentucky gets two or more turnovers, I think you can legitimately hold Georgia to 14 or 15 points. And that's that's doable, right? Yeah. You can win a mud fight. I don't think the weather's like, going to be bad, but it's Halloween. The full, there's a, we got a full moon, a blue it's moon. Be nice weather. It is going to be – damn it, it's not at night, though. Uh, I was, then the freaks were going to come out at night. We were going to really – but still, weird things can happen like it. Mm-hmm. Weird things can happen. Because when I go back and look at some of these games Georgia has played, like the Arkansas game, they I think they got legitimately 17 points from defensive takeaways deep in the territory, deep in Arkansas territory. That game wasn't far off from being 20 to 10, you know, right there. Tennessee, they got a couple scores from, you know, strip sacks. Strip sacks. And then Tennessee yeah. also got a score from um, Stetson dropping a fumble. So there were scores in that. Like that game was 47 21, but it had no business um, being that close. Um, mm, one of their the scores. Under, against, the under that got away. Yeah. One <laughs> of their scores against Alabama, they just hit one big play, one 80 yard touchdown. But the rest of the game, they, they, they struggled. And it, especially in the second half when Bama got their starting safety back in the lineup. So I just of the three big teams Kentucky plays remaining, you look at them, Alabama, Florida. I think they probably match up the best with Georgia if if you're looking at a shot for an upset. At home, you get Georgia in a weird, weirdish spot. 
but the game's not going to turn into a shootout. Like you play Florida and Alabama, you know you have to get to 34, 35 to have a chance to win it. Right, right. This one, I think you can realistically like be like, okay, if we get to 21, 20, we might be able to win this. Man, and the legend of Joey Gatewood is born. <laughs> I mean, right. if you want to think big, that would be a hell of a way to come out. You, And if you're going to catch another team off guard, give them something they haven't seen before. Uh, but you're going to need – you're going to need a, a big play offensively. You can kind of grind and grind and grind, but you need at least a big play. And I don't think Kentucky's landed one shot in the passing game all year. The longest pass play – the Josh Ali screen at Auburn? Or, or no, was the daily it? one at Auburn. Is was that the one that was the touchdown or he was he was tackled short? The, for right before Rodriguez scored but didn't score. I think that yeah, was like a thirty nine okay. yard game. There we go. Yeah. Um, but like there needs to be something vertically happening. And at least they've tried some with Upshaw. Maybe uh, Gatewood can put it on him. Um they've at least tried those. So but I think you gotta you gotta have some of those. Because Georgia's linebackers are really, really, really good. And if they're coming downhill all day, I Chris Rodriguez and Benny So could be back there and it would still be tough sledding to get any yards by running the football. Ball security first, I think, is paramount for Kentucky. I think what you want to do is just hang around and then get in the fourth quarter. And then that's when you maybe take some chances. But if yeah. you can just get in the fourth quarter with a chance to win, hopefully you'd be due to win one, you know, because they haven't won any of their close games. They've had three games that were within one possession in the fourth quarter. And they lost to Ole Miss in overtime, and then they got Auburn and Mizzou kind of ran away from them in the fourth quarter. Like, that's why I think this this season's been so disappointing because that's been the games Kentucky kind of wins with Stoops. Yeah. Look at point differential in the SEC. Like, they've struggled to blow people out constantly under stoops now they're blowing people out and they're fifth in point differential overall um, but they're losing all the all the close games it's just been a weird year this is disappointing because they were so close i think and well, if they just had an average offense they're, they're at least three and two maybe four and one yeah and when you said that the other day that really hit home because it's like just make a couple plays i mean the old miss game is going to be painstaking I think just the fact that there's multiple of those, the ones that got away is even more frustrating because we, we expected a stinker to be laid at some point in this difficult 10 game, all SEC season. Mm -hmm. The frustrating part is that you've already had a couple of those. And I mean, the offense in, in the last three games, you have one half that's been decent and that's it. And like, you, you shouldn't be at this, at, we shouldn't be having a right. quarterback competition f halfway through the season. That's and in, like that is the ultimate litmus test for things are going wrong. And look at at least like in my mind, long term, the I don't think the train is completely off the tracks to where you've got to completely revamp everything. But if you mess up in the intermediate and don't somewhat salvage the season, you can wreck it. Like you've got to be able to keep Christian Lewis, Chauncey Magwood, Armand Scott, and Daycale Kraus. You got to keep those dudes in this recruiting class. You've got to make sure that you don't feed Bo Allen to the dogs before he's ready and ruin your 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 your, your lotto ticket. So 
there, there's a lot at stake here. I don't know what those moves will ultimately be at the end of the season because you're right. There's going to be something that that changes probably. Um, but in the short term, if you can salvage this ship, and we've seen Kentucky do it before where it's halfway through the year, we got to change things up. I don't think they're going to completely revamp everything, but if they can make the right adjustments now, then then we're not going to be having this conversation for the entire offseason because you know this is just this is the first of many. If they salvage things now, then it won't be a completely disastrous uh, next few months for the Kentucky football program. Two things. Um, this Terry Wilson news kind of eliminated it this, eliminated it, but I thought it was time for Kentucky to make a quarterback change regardless. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that at our last three games, they've had one good half. And – he was a you know whether good or bad he was a he was a big part of that. You just kind of need a spark. Um, maybe you play them both if he's there. Um, but I think it, it was it just felt like time. Like you needed to change something up. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna go into this, all right, we're gonna run the ball. We're gonna be run heavy. Um, and you want to be um dyna- more dynamic in the run game. You Gatewood, you have to put Gatewood in there because he's he brings more to the table as okay. a runner, mm-hmm. as a runner. Um, so. It was time. And second, um, there was a lot of, you know, obviously, you know, fire grand going on over the weekend. And I tweeted out a few things. And basically my thing was, like, we needed to pump the brakes a little bit because where Grand's at his best, I mean, where I really think his bread and butter is as a play caller is having to adjust on the fly. Mm-hmm. We've seen him gone every season, literally. Every season he's gone into a year with a plan. And it's got blown up every time. Drew Barker in 2016. 2017, uh, Stephen Johnson Steven gets Johnson. hurt. And they had a really good year throwing the football going. Yeah, he was really banged up, too. That was when he had, like, four surgeries in the offseason. Right. Yeah, yeah. 2018, you had the quarterback controversy in the middle. Mm-hmm. 2019, obviously, all the quarterbacks get hurt. Yep. And now this one, you, you have to make another quarterback change um, and kind of adjust from being – they were dead set on getting being balanced, being balanced, being balanced. We're gonna throw the ball, being balanced. And now you're probably gonna be like, all right, we're gonna run it, run it, but we're gonna throw it a little bit more than when we had Bolden, but we're still mainly gonna run it. I think you're looking at maybe 12, 14, 15 type throws a game, um, which which is what I'm projecting Kentucky's gonna try to shoot for here moving forward. So so let's see what he can let's see what he can figure out. This is a tough, tough challenge first week. You know, you get the buy after this, so you can kind of figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you can take this this first data set you're going to get from Gatewood in this game where you're going to probably give him a full game just to see what works, what doesn't work, what his strengths, what his weakness are, weaknesses are under the lights. Because that's another thing. We don't really know that. I mean, we haven't really seen Gatewood for an extended period of time. In his entire career. Like, how does he respond to adversity? Well, you don't know because it's always been in little what, packages. What does he do off a of big play? What does he do uh, off a small mistake, off a big mistake? Uh, you get stopped two times in a row. You know, you just don't – like, you don't know. What does he really excel at in the passing game? What is he comfortable with? What is his best run concept? What, what, what play does he make the best read on? Because I thought he made some good zone reads on his first possession, and then his second possession he – or his, his first possession of the second half, yeah, made two right ones, so – Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say that going into the season, when folks, especially after first week, when people were, were already playing for the future, get, get Terry out of there. 
the way it's set up, it was you at least got Terry through the Georgia game, and then Missouri game was a time to get a new starter. Then you had a bye week to really know, get him comfortable with the offense. And then the Vandy game, that's where they can get even more confidence, and you and then you get rolling. Like that was the timing for everything. The scheduling thing really wrecked things. And to further reinforce your point, how the, the, the first half of Sawyer Smith before he broke his wrist or did whatever the hell it was, that was a hell of a game plan as well, too. So, like, you're right. We, we've seen them adjust well on the fly, and it needs to to, to happen again. It just does. Um, because if, if there's one thing like it that's been a theme under – the grand part of Stoops's era versus before grand before grand. It was, so you start hot, you dream big, and then you just crap down your leg for the second half of the season. And you just stink. You just get beat up there. I mean, how many five and one, four and ones were there out there? For two years in a row, 14 and 15. It was, it was brutal. And then 17 was like that too, a little bit. But for the most part, it Kentucky's finished strong. Mm -hmm. Um, in the last few years under Stoops. So, uh, obviously, the the obstacles are going to be greater uh, this time around. Um, but the one thing, too, that this game presents on Saturday, like it, it's an opportunity for you to flush the Missouri game just out of the tour, like just get it out of your system. That's a good thing and bad thing with the schedule. There's always a great opportunity <laughs> awaiting. But the bad thing is there's always a great opportunity awaiting. There's no kind of catch-your-breath mm-hmm. moments. Um, back to Gatewood though in that recruitment it was almost like that's kind of the quarterback you would like to see them plug into what they did last year on offense it's a guy who can throw it a little bit but he can do all that kind of stuff in the running and all that kind of creativity you saw and all that cool stuff they did you could just you could do that and it would enhance um, your strengths and whatnot as a team so, who knows? We'll see. Now, th- there are two quarterbacks this past weekend, Michigan's Joe Milton and LSU true freshman T.J. Finley. Both had similar makeup to Gatewood coming out of high school. Um, Joe Milton was in the same recruiting class and both from Florida. It was big, strong, raw accuracy issues, but the ceiling is there. So hopefully Gatewood can be like them, and they're they're both their debuts. They both play pretty well. Hopefully they can figure something out, um, and he can he can kind of join that crew as you know, because I think the games change where quarterbacks like that in the past could be kind of exposed because of their lack of accuracy and whatnot. But now I think some stuff teams do in the run game, um, and with the spread can they can be more effective. Um, so hopefully Gatewood uh, can be that for Kentucky. I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I I did not see that coming from either of those guys. I thought South Carolina was a lock, uh, just with everything going on at LSU, and that guy kid turned out and played great uh, to make screaming must champ mad. Um, Dropped so, a fifty burger. Man, this is wild. Uh, <laughs> it's also like classic must champ. Like here here's a big spot that you can. Really shut all the haters and losers up, and then you just melt down. Fresh off a big win, like one of his biggest wins he's had at South Carolina. I know. Which, I mean, we forget that South Carolina was the team that kept uh, <laughs> that, that that kept Georgia from 
do, being in the playoff conversation again at the end of the year last year. That's another thing. South Carolina beat Georgia with kind of like maybe a worse offense than what Kentucky has right now. Not as good on defense, but they just force turnovers. Yeah. In Georgia, um, like Kentucky, if you if you can get them behind, they're they could be in trouble because they're not built to um, well drop back and throw it forty times. Like just similar to Kentucky when they get behind. Is this was a long time ago? I think it was oh uh, nine or something because Cobb was there. But that's what happened in that last win in yeah, Athens. Just turnovers. Was, it was like five turnovers. So. Um, let's, let's, let's hope there's a little bit of madness, uh, this Halloween. Mm-hmm. And just in these games, I think for Kentucky, all you really ask for is just be in it in the fourth quarter and hang around until the fourth quarter. Um, I think this Georgia team does have some flaws. Um, and I think Kentucky's defense is going to match up well with their offense. It's just offensively. Can you just get a couple first downs to keep everything at bay? Um, and don't, don't hurt your team. And then and you have a couple drives a game where you can kind of manufacture something together and get some scores. If you can do that, I think you're going to have a chance. Quickly, I wanted to to bring up a few of the things that happened in the Big Ten over the weekend. It's the most Wisconsin football thing ever to finally have a quarterback that's not only competent but elite. And then for him to go out with COVID and have to miss not like one or two games but three weeks of football because the Big Ten's got to be holier than thou. Like that—that's just hilarious. And it's uh, up here whether they'll play this weekend. I think because their third, their third stringer, because Jack Cone out obviously. Um, their third stringer, Hayden Wolf, was a guy I think Kentucky recruited. I think he went to Cincy St. X, but he might have COVID too. It's kind of out yeah. There. They got Vandenboom. They might be out. all their quarterbacks. Vandenboom is the the whiskey guy, which I just I love that whiskey starting quarterbacks and be Vandenboom. Hilarious name. Um. Isn't Hayden Wolf the name of a golfer too? It's Matt Wolf. Get him out. Matt Matt Wolf, yes. Matthew Wolf. Um, You Rutgers? What? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, that is great. Oh man, seven turnovers. Vince Vince Merrill's got to be happy he avoided that mess. Seven turnovers. It was also, I think, almost the entire total they had for all of last season. So Shiano football is back. Uh, I need to. I need to see who, who Rutgers is playing this week, but that might not. That might be a play because they had seven turnovers. Their offense really didn't do anything. They just won the game because Michigan State was just handing them the football constantly. <laughs> oh man, I did you um the the one thing that was funny about that game too, not just the punt like that, that Purdue Iowa game started with a bunch of punts back and forth, but. I loved Ohio State handing it to him. I didn't like, though, that the SEC slate couldn't even compete with it because of the COVID cancellations or whatever. So, like, all of college game day was Big Ten, and I just, like, you know, I can do a Everybody little... all last week was all Big Ten, man. Oh, man, I did. It was a lot. It was, it was, it was too much. Speaking of – the Mike Sanford effect showed up. <laughs> there in Minneapolis, it really did, man. In game one, too. they got this. He, did Sanford get some of that stink on them already? I think so. I don't know what Fleck thought he was getting out of that. And I, I, I love too that right away people are like, "Oh, look at that Penn State. That was a great move to get that offense coordinator." But I've never thought Clifford was that good. 
Like he's, he's uh, yeah, he's not really. But they had no business losing that game. <laughs> it uh, would have been very funny if they would have lost on a squib kick, though. That went wrong. Like that. Yeah. In, that would have been a very like is Indiana and Kentucky. Even though we we distance ourselves from them now that the basketball game isn't played, there is a lot of kindred spirit kind of going on here. Where really good at basketball for a long time, can't say the same about football. Uh, so like it would have been just absolutely hilarious if they would have lost the game because they couldn't kick a squib football down the field. Uh, but eat it, Big Ten. You're not the only show in town. Oh, I gotta also. Well done, sir. Good job. You nailed it. You called college game day going to the Masters. Yep. It's going to be fun. There's a there's there's usually one game day a year where I'm like, all right, I got to watch this one. Like it was Washington State when they finally went there. I believe it was last year or two years ago. And it's dark outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this one. But yeah, that's going to be one you'll have to see. I think that'll be pretty good. There, there was some college football hardo that was like, it's the 50th anniversary of the Marshall plane crash, and they're playing on that day, and they couldn't show up to there and say they're going to go to a, a golf course. And I'm like, dude, we're going to get the Tom Rinaldi Marshall story. They're playing Middle Tennessee State. Like, you can't really – what are you going to do at Marshall that you can't do at – like, like I bet, I bet they might even send Rinaldi to Marshall to have hit, like, the – where they have that, like, memorial set up for them. Like yeah. I'm, they're they're probably going to go all out for it, but you can't turn down the opportunity to have game day at Augusta National. Like that's going to be a hell of a scene. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And I'm happy that CBS is finally. I feel like we always get the like you can only watch them. It's like the the guy with the the dollar at the end of the fishing pole. Mm-hmm. Like you can only watch for two hours a day. We're CBS on that Saturday. They're going noon till night. Where we, before the LSU Bama kickoff. So. Like I, it's 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 that's going to be a, a great day, great day all in all. Kentucky Vanity gets a starter too that day. <laughs> and just how you draw it up. <laughs> oh, look at well, we need to get out of here. Um, this room I'm in, I can't turn the air conditioning on because it's too loud, and I'm, I'm You're in your hot box. I know, and it's hey, it's football weather though. Football weather's back, and it. it we needed to get a little wonky Saturday for all spooky season on Halloween. Maybe it'll be spooky for those Georgia Bulldogs. How about that, Luckett? Let's do it. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we'll see if Joey Gatewood gets the start. By the time you're hearing this, it might already be official. We don't know as of yet that he will be the starter, but all signs are pointed to the deuce getting loose at quarterback to the Cats on Saturday when Kentucky hosts Georgia at Kroger Field at noon. Uh, hopefully it's a little bit more fun a little bit more entertaining than what we experienced at Mizzou Uh, but until then thanks for listening go Cats and go Kroger